This is Mindset for Success with your host, Dr. Leslie Knudsen. Each week, she will interview women entrepreneurs to explore the unconscious psychological struggles they faced as they build their businesses and how they overcame them. Here's your host, Leslie Knudsen. Nancy, I'm so excited to have you on my podcast today and really appreciate you being here. I'm going to um, introduce you to our guests. Um, Nancy Simonet opened the Waterwheel Cafe and Bakery in 1989 in Milford, Pennsylvania. She previously attended the School of Visual Arts in New York and lived and studied in Paris during the early 80s. She's held several jobs in the food industry. And while managing a wholesale French bakery, she called on some of New York's finest restaurants and hotels, spurring her passion for food, culture, and design, while providing her the drive to start her career as a restaurant owner at the age of 27. Welcome, Nancy. Thank you. Happy to be here. Tell us a little bit about your entrepreneur journey. What life experiences do you think pushed you to become the entrepreneur when you did? Honestly, uh, I think it was a reaction to what so many people uh, were saying to me throughout um, my young working life uh, as a waitress, uh, trying to save money for uh, School of Visual Arts and to later go to France. Managers would constantly tell me what a great worker I was, how organized I was, and I was even offered management positions when I was 22 years old. So I think Mm -hmm. it gave me the confidence. You know, I said, if everyone else is seeing something in me, maybe there's something to this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what I can imagine it was a risk for you to go out on your own at 27 especially since you'd had a solid, steady income in in New York. How did you manage this risk? I felt I had done my due diligence. I I did so many studies, uh, right down to traffic pattern studies, for the the location where I was considering having a restaurant. Uh, Though I was living in Manhattan, uh, my folks had purchased a summer home in Milford, Pennsylvania, and I would go up on the weekends. And somehow it seemed like so much more a possibility than opening a restaurant in Manhattan, especially because I had the view, uh, the insider view of a supplier. And restaurants were coming and going. One week they were hot. The next week people lined up. The next week they were closed. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Milford was a charming little bedroom community. And yet there was uh, the beginnings of film festivals and uh, art. And I just felt that, okay, maybe this is the spot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Tell me, do you just consider yourself someone who sometimes thinks outside the box, even breaks the rules at time and doesn't always fit in? I think I think in general, um, I would describe myself that way. Um, maybe that's why I did pursue uh, an art career, um, which started as fine arts and ended up in 
graphic design and advertising. Um, even as far as finding the location for my restaurant, um, you know, I was so young. Uh, I was 26 when I found the location and it basically needed more than six months of repair and gearing up the building so that we could occupy the space. And my parents thought I'm completely insane. And because it was a bare spot, there were, there were sections of it that had no floor. And one of the walls had to be pulled in uh, into alignment with a crane, which took six months or so to do. Uh, we are in a historic landmark so, building. So there uh, you know, were limitations to how we could get this piece of property ready. Anyhow, um, everyone I knew just completely thought I had lost it, you know, thinking mm -hmm, that this mm -hmm. was the place for me. But as my, you know, as things came along and uh, day by day, uh, people were able to see, you know, because I had the art background, I did a lot of sketching and, and everyone knew how thorough I was with all of my, can I do this? Can I not do this? Traffic studies and what other mm -hmm. businesses mm -hmm. were in town. Mm -hmm. So, you know, business acumen is, is an important part and key of being able to be a successful female entrepreneur. But there is also sort of talk about how sometimes the psychological issues aren't weighed out in terms of how it is, how it impacts decision making, risk taking, and, you know, sometimes even happiness and satisfaction in life. Did you ever feel like you had the imposter syndrome in the sense that maybe you didn't have what it takes to do what you wanted to do in your business? I'm not sure if I ever truly was that doubtful that I would make it. Um, I think that my youth uh, kind of, you know, dumb luck kind of thing, you know, I, mm -hmm. I, just thought full steam ahead. Um, I mean, I, once I opened, certainly there were times where I thought to myself, I, I'm crazy. I, why did I start this? Mm -hmm. And I, mm -hmm. I had to keep introducing new items. I was just thinking about this this morning when I, when I opened the, the water wheel, I opened it as a bakery with a little sandwich um, shop section. Mm -hmm. some pâtés and some cheeses and stuff like that. And as you ask, slowly but surely, I realized this is a struggle. I, I'm not making what I need to make. So I would introduce uh, new items and new, uh, new ways of doing things, uh, breakfast, lunch, then dinner, uh, one at a time. I never, mm -hmm. uh, that is a piece of advice that I can say um, I think has served me well throughout the years is to go slowly to, even when you see a change is needed, to not not take on more than you can handle. Mm -hmm. um, so mm -hmm. I started with the breakfast. Okay, we got that down. Let's do this. All right. I, I want to do dinners, but I'm not a classically trained chef. What can I handle? You know, so we started with simple things like meat and cheese board and whole wheat mm -hmm. pizzas and we we eventually moved on to a few main courses and appetizers and now we are full-fledged restaurant breakfast lunch mm -hmm. brunch dinner and uh honestly 
there was a point where I even had to cater weddings and uh, go off premises. I did what I needed to do. And, mm-hmm. and basically mm-hmm. that's, that's what you have to be willing to do. You have to be willing to uh, think outside the box right. and how, how am I going to survive? You know, how am I going to make people want to come back here? And, you know, did you ever have days in which things just felt difficult and maybe hopeless and you wouldn't, didn't have what it takes to pull it off? Um, I honestly, you know, it's 31 plus years mm-hmm. though. If I, if I did have those moments, they seem they must have been fleeting because I don't remember having, you know, mm-hmm. the sh- feeling of fear of failure. Um, you know, there's been some catastrophes, uh, you know, loss of power to the building for several days mm-hmm. at one point. How could I recuperate from that? I I um, wanted to have a family and I was 42 pregnant with my first daughter and I developed a bone marrow disorder and needed mm-hmm. a stem cell transplant. So mm-hmm. yes, <laughs> that yeah. during that, during that time, uh, which is extreme, uh, yes, I, I honestly, I have to say that, uh, the ability to attract good help, good people, good employees has been mm-hmm. a huge, uh, benefit to me. I mean, mm-hmm. my, my staff kept my business going while mm-hmm. I was ill. And, um, you know, I think that's any entrepreneur's gold goal is to find the right people, to know mm-hmm. when somebody is working well for you and not or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, my husband uh, became my partner and um, took a lot of burden off of me. I could have never uh, done what what I did and what we managed to keep going without him. You know, some entrepreneurs tell me that until they faced a medical emergency, they did not know how to slow down and take care of themselves and certainly pay attention to the, the health of their personal life. Was this something that you experienced through what obviously was a difficult time with the rare bone marrow disorder? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I don't even know where to, to go, you know, to begin to discuss that. Um, but, you know, the, of course, the first thought is uh, I have to sell. I, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't keep going. I have to sell. And, well, how to sell, how to sell a restaurant, you know, it's not a, it's not an overnight. And just one day after the next pass by. And as I said, uh, my staff kept things going. We stopped doing catering. We, you know, we, we cut back on a lot of things, but not, not as much as you would think. And yes, it, it did give me the opportunity to, to slow down and to, and here's, here's a key thing for entrepreneurs to mm-hmm. delegate, to, to delegate responsibility. I mean, the bottom line is no one is ever going to do it like you do it. And mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. you know, I walk, 
I get out of my car and walk into my restaurant and I see literally a hundred things mm-hmm. that need that need attending. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's why didn't they sweep the front patio or why are there cigarette butts <laughs> in mm-hmm. the uh, cigarette mm-hmm. receptacle? Um, why is that that vertical bl- or that horizontal blind, uh, you know, awkward and, and cockeyed? Mm-hmm. And everyone, you know, they make fun of me now, you know, at work because they know how crazy I am. But it's not something that I can help. It's just mm-hmm. who I am. And maybe, you know, that attention to detail and obsessiveness has got me, you know, For all sure. these years. Yeah. Um, but having said that, I will say that I have learned that lesson of letting go and expecting sorry that's because of the the uh, medical emergency right it, i mean that mm-hmm. was the awakening hey listen mm-hmm. i literally was not at my restaurant for one solid year i mm-hmm. mean and and other than to visit <laughs> mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. i i was you know compromised immune my mm-hmm. immune system mm-hmm. was compromised mm-hmm. and uh and and it happened and it got by and and it it thrived so mm-hmm. it was a huge lesson, you know. Sometimes you just have to remain calm and mm-hmm. let and people let do their jobs. Yeah, mm-hmm. let people do and their And how job. were you able to let go? Well, the biggest thing was that, you know, my husband, Darren, I mean, I knew that he was there watching everything. And that was enormous to, you know, to the the ease of that. Um, also I had some longtime employees who really, um, held their own with me and, um, stayed in contact and, you know, I'm still, I mean, my first baker, uh, my, she is from Vietnam, which is why we have so much Vietnamese food on our menu. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, she retired after 25 years and I just spoke to her this morning while I was dropping Mm -hmm. cocoa off at the groomer, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, these are, it's a special bond that you have with Mm -hmm. people that you've worked with for years and it's your trust in them and, you know, even the, the staff that I have now, I, I could never do it. You know, I could never do it without them. Mm-hmm. You talk about how in the beginning, especially you had the drive, passion and vision that were super critical in terms of you setting up your business. But I can imagine at times that these were time consuming and exhausting and may even lead to some loneliness or d- difficulties maybe in personal relationships or your personal life. Did did you ever feel any of this? And if so, how did you repair it for yourself? Well, yes, definitely. Um, truth be told, um, <laughs> I was married twice before and, mm-hmm. and three's a charm. Um, mm-hmm. My marriages suffered because I was literally married to my my uh, restaurant and bakery. Mm-hmm. Um, I never had the feeling that if I were to let it go, I would, you know, be taken care of or um, I didn't need to be so dedicated to my restaurant. I never had that feeling. I felt that this is something that the person that I decide to spend my life with 
had to realize, you know, either mm-hmm. they were going to be with me on it and support me, wh- whether from afar or within, mm-hmm. or it just, it wouldn't work. And I'm not saying I'm, I'm making it sound like there, you know, that it was fine for me that there was no heartbreak, of course, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. incredible heartbreak, um, great distraction, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, when you're busy and you're working, um, maybe to a fault, uh, mm-hmm. a great distraction in a relationship. Um, and finding my husband, um, you know, we ended up working together and, mm-hmm. um, that's something very difficult and it remains difficult. You have mm-hmm. to know mm-hmm. when, when to let that person do their thing. And, and he has to let me know when, you know, let me go and do my thing. Mm-hmm. And prior mm-hmm. to, uh, COVID, the, uh, you know, the pandemic, our mm-hmm. lives, our roles were very well defined. Mm-hmm. Uh, who did who did what, when and where. Now, uh, because of COVID and the change of, in our business and, and um, the restructuring of how we do things and the, the constant restructuring, because we mm-hmm. go into, you know, whether we could serve or it has to be takeout only or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we're both sort of lost. Uh, my mm-hmm. husband in particular, because of, you know, we, he did the, a lot with the bar and the live music and dealing mm-hmm. with musicians. And, you know, I, I did less baking than I'm doing now. I'm doing mm-hmm. more baking than I've done in 30 years. So yeah, it, it takes its toll. You have to have a good, strong relationship. Um, you have to learn to say sorry, you know, mm-hmm. and to mm-hmm. see you know, see what that other person is, is going through. And, you know, our roles, you know, are predetermined, right? I mean, mm-hmm. men are, men, men are strong and are supposed to be, you know, the breadwinner. And mm-hmm. even though my husband, my husband is a true feminist in every sense of the word at the same time, he's still, you know, from a small town in, uh, outside of Reading, Pennsylvania, you know, mm-hmm. so there's times where it's difficult for him that I'm such a, you know, upfront, strong woman. Tell me a little bit about, you said something a little bit earlier about being, uh, being concerned that you didn't have backup or that it was all sort of on your shoulders. Is that been something that you felt since, since, since being a younger woman or did you take it on and feel it when you were experienced it, when you were setting up your business? Um, I recently ran into a very old friend of mine 40 years ago. Uh, we were friends and um, she was explaining to her children uh, how I was always the serious one, serious one. And mm-hmm. I, I found it really interesting because I never viewed myself that way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm a child of the eighties and I did my fair share of partying and mm-hmm. I never, I never really saw myself as a serious thinking person, but, uh, perhaps I was, and I am, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. my folks were great. I had a sister, uh, 16 months older than me. That was special needs and it made me grow up pretty quickly. And mm-hmm. maybe that that's, you know, I watched my parents work really hard And I had to, I mean, what was my job in the household as the youngest of four? I cooked for my Mm -hmm. mother. She would call me 
yeah, she would call me from work, tell me what to make, and I would prepare dinner. And mm -hmm. sometimes I hated it, but it mm -hmm. really sparked on, you know, my mother was, you know, first generation American. Her parents were mm -hmm. from Italy, so the food mm -hmm. was always great. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> so you did, so opening your own business, you kind of came in with the idea that you couldn't count on anybody. Yeah, I think I, I thought that I, I could handle everything, you know. Mm -hmm. I think I had that misconception, you know. And when you weren't able to handle everything, how did you take care of yourself? Um, I learned to ask for help. Mm -hmm. um, it was a huge, a huge move, you know. I was the type of person who would put in and take out my own air conditioners in my apartments in Manhattan. Mm. <laughs> and mm. now uh, here I was saying, you know, can you whatever, get me mm -hmm. a glass of water <laughs> was, was mm -hmm. tough for me, you know. Mm -hmm. So you kind of learned how to lean on people. Absolutely. And yeah. how it's actually, it, it's, it's great. You know, it's <laughs> <laughs> yes, it adapting. Is. Yeah, adapting the ability to, you know, tell people I need help is just a wonderful thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And did it happen um, more intensely after you were sick, the idea of being able to ask for help? For sure. Yeah, I would say that. And that's 15 years ago. So it was probably, no, it's it's more like, yeah, about 15 years ago. It was basically halfway through my ownership, right? I didn't even think of it like that. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you this. Um, has Do you feel like your upbringing has helped or hurt your mindset for success? I think it's helped. Um, my parents uh, were very hard workers. My father had several jobs trying to make ends meet. I, I wanted you know, more for myself. Um, I think that they were very nurturing in the fact that whatever I did, they both told me, mm -hmm. oh, you're the world's greatest artist, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. I, get, I get into art school in my first day in class and I see what really great artists are. <laughs> and right. I was very upset with my parents, you know, you told me I was great and look, um, <laughs> but no, I think it, it hurt me. Uh, I mean, helped me. I'm sorry. I think mm -hmm. it, it was a, a positive thing. They're always encouraging me. I, you know, I start, I had my first job at 14 years old, so definitely, um, it helped. They provided the support and foundation for you to yes. be able to what you wanted to do follow your passion right. right Nancy unfortunately we are almost out of time I want to thank you so much for sharing with our listeners your motivation for why you chose to become a female entrepreneur and also how you overcame some of the psychological issues that you encountered during your inspirational journey where can people reach out to learn about your restaurant uh, our website is waterwheelcafe.com. Great. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. 
This podcast is brought to you by Women Entrepreneurs Global, the first startup studio and digital DIY startup platform for women. For more information on her guests, this podcast, and many other female founder programs, please visit womenentrepreneurs.global. We believe in open and non-stigmatizing dialogue about the hidden psychological difficulties experienced by many successful entrepreneurs and highlighting the strategies used to overcome them, such as the fear of failure, of not being good enough, and that loud, chattering internal critic is critical to helping other founders achieve success. Please join her next week for more Mindset for Success stories. That was Dr. Leslie Knudsen, and you can drop her a line at dr.leslieknudsen at dr.leslieknudsen.com.